0: So it's not just the Bob Marley thing I'm doing. After the Bob Marley concert, I will do a a concert with Capleton and Coco T and Luciano on another part of town. And so I'm just riding the wave, you know, I just, I really enjoy it. It's fun. Almost like a dream and modern day Jimmy Buffett
1: that I don't hate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. you. I (laughs) I appreciate that. You know,
2: You're listening to nothing important, please enjoy the show.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Nothing Important Podcast, insert witty tagline here. My name is Brian. With me, as always,
1: is Dave. Dave, how's it going? Take my wife, please.
3: <laughs> you need a tie.
1: <laughs> <You> need, <laughs> need a, yeah, right.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh,
3: Dave, kind of a fun episode of Nothing Important this week. Kind of. Kind of. Don't sound so excited.
1: <laughs> so that's that earnest. No, I'm just playing hmm. that up. I'm playing that up. Yeah, but uh it's no. very
3: cool. We we spoke to Rich Hardesty, who is a musician that we've been listening to shit for since like nineteen ninety-nine.
1: Very, very, very long time. Very long time. And it's yes. good to
3: know that he's still doing it. It,
1: it. And making really cool, really cool, interesting moves right. in what he wants to do.
3: Exactly. You know, oh. he, he talked a lot about that, being the uh Jamaican, I think, is the yeah <laughs> that he used. Which is great for him. You know, um, when when I look at bands and stuff like that and people who can play instruments, um, you know, the, I'm always like, damn, you know, like I, I've either never taught myself how to do that or I can't do that. And I'm always kind of amazed and amused by it. And uh, what I like about Rich is, um, you know, that the song that we first heard, um, Never Want to Fucking See
1: You Again, <laughs> Right.
3: Like it, it's obviously uh, a very like rudimentary recording mm-hmm. of that song.
1: Yeah, but a it's lot like, of it's like it, an open mic night or something. Yeah,
3: it right. It's like he just had his buddies record it for whatever recording device device they had at the right. time because there was no like Zoom or iPad or any of that shit.
1: Right. There was like the voice memo recorders with the tiny micro cassettes.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's still it's still a great song and it's right up my alley. It's not like I hate my daddy music, you mm-hmm. know.
1: It's kind it's of fuck you music. Yeah.
3: But like friendly, fuck you
1: music, <laughs> right. though. You know,
3: it's not like heavy uh,
1: with a humorous you, twist,
3: if you will, if you will. So I I was very happy that we we got to chat with him and that he agreed to yeah come on our show. And it's it's nice to see these people that we we listen to and have some sort of connection with. Um, you know, in regards to what what we've done with music and such. Because mm-hmm. I mean, really now I think about it, like you know, people like him probably influenced us a lot during our music days. Absolutely. Absolutely, and then when I saw that he was still making music, I'm like, looking back, and it's still like the feel-good, don't take yourself too serious, let's sing about, not necessarily, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, like, positive, but it's it's definitely, like... Turn your phone off while recording, sir. Hold on, here we go. It's not necessarily uh, positive, you know, because like, it's not like, Everything is peachy, and I and I I love
1: flowers and bumblebees. And no, stuff but like it's that. still like uplifting and feel good, feel goodery. Right? Is it, that the word I used? Talking him.
3: Yeah, feel, feel goodery. goodery, exactly. Yeah. But you know, but it's it's like, hey, the fun is there. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun there, right? Mm-hmm. Fun. Absolutely, fun. a lot of fun there, Dave. When we were talking to Rich, you actually kind of brought a parallel between Jimmy Buffett and Rich Hardesty, and
1: how uh, and what did you just read to me? He is uh Rich Hardesty is a part, a member of the Parrot Head Web Ring. And his music around the same laid back, feel good feel of the legendary Jimmy Buffett. Nice. So you were spot on. I was spot on. And
3: I think that comes I I think that kind of uh laissez faire attitude, good times attitude comes out when you speak to the guy, right? Mm-hmm. So enjoy our chat with Rich Hardesty. Super cool dude. After the mid-show music break featuring Rich Hardesty. And now The Fake Outrage of the Week.
1: So you don't really watch football, right, Brian? Not at all. Okay.
3: Well, most of what I've learned (laughs) about football is uh, what I picked up either seeing you wear a Bears jersey (laughs) or... um, me giving you a hard time about them
1: losing, even when they don't <laughs> lose. So. <laughs> so everybody that listens to the show knows that you know. Obviously, we're from Chicagoland. I'm a big Bears fan, mm-hmm. and maybe sour grapes. I hate the Packers, but the Packers are doing a lot of complaining about the NFL overtime rules. What? Well, okay.
3: Okay. So here, here's my complete ignorance on this, but this is how mm-hmm. I. This is my idea of what the overtime rules are. Okay. Isn't the NFL overtime rules? It's. Uh, they flip a coin like the beginning of a game. Yes. And then, uh, you know, a team picks to receive or catch, but it's um, first point wins, right?
1: No. They get to answer? Yes. Oh. They, they have changed. See, this is what I love about the NFL. Two, two three years ago, whenever Brett Favre was on the Vikings, mm-hmm. he lost the playoff game in overtime. Yeah. Because the other team got the ball first and scored. It, then it was sudden death. First team to score wins. Right. He never got to touch the ball. Brett Favre didn't get to touch the ball, so everybody starts freaking out. They actually changed the rules to say— Why wouldn't he touch the ball? He was the quarterback, Because the other team got the ball first and scored, so his team was never on offense. Gotcha. Okay. You know, he didn't have a chance. So then they they tweaked the rules, and they said, for the next playoffs, it was, if you get the ball first and score a field goal, the other team can get the ball and try and score a field goal or a touchdown. Mm Mm-hmm. If they score a field goal and it's tied, then sudden death after that. Next score wins. Right. If the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, game's over. There is no answer.
3: Okay, so you kick off to me, I run it back, game's over? Yep. But that's what I was talking about. But but if they kick a field goal, then the other team gets to answer, but they don't get to answer if it's a touchdown? Right. Fucking retarded.
1: Right. It is fucking retarded, but that's the fucking rules. Right. Okay, so it was like that for the playoffs last year. Uh Uh-huh. And then they said, we're going to do it for the regular season. So that this this rule has been in effect for over a year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And now that Green Bay was in a playoff game where the other team got the ball first and scored a touchdown, Aaron Rodgers didn't get a fucking chance to score any <laughs> points for his team. Now everybody's flipping the fuck out about it. Shut the fuck up, Packers fans. If your team, if you really wanted a chance to win, score more points in regulation.
3: Exactly. Quit bitching
1: about the rules. Score more points in regulation. <laughs> Don't go to fucking overtime. Pussies.
0: (laughs) This was the fake outrage of the week.
1: Today's mid-show music break is Rich Hardesty with the song Barefoot Walking. Ease Up.
2: Cigarettes, leave my ex-girlfriend to rest my hometown is a drinking fest flying solo is the best i'm not gonna take advice from friends more screwed up than me i'm gonna quit this dead-end job i'm gonna set me free i'm gonna ease up heading to Tell you what you want to hear And slap you in the face Ease up, ease up, island of the spices, everything is chill and everything is nice, yes, ease up for this evening, take it nice and slow, Here's a little split for the sunset show. I'm gonna quit these cigarettes, leave my ex-girlfriend to rest, my whole town is a drinking fest. Flying solo is the best I'm not gonna take advice from friends More screwed up than me I'm gonna quit this dead-end job I'm gonna set me free I'm gonna ease up I'm heading to my second home I'm gonna ease up
0: And now an excerpt
1: from the book of things Dave doesn't care about. Oscar boycotts. (laughs) Are you seriously going to tell me that you saw even the trailer for Concussion and think Will Smith deserves an Oscar nomination? Make better movies, people. Make better movies. This was an excerpt from the book of things Dave doesn't
0: care about.
1: You're listening to Nothing Important.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, on the Someone Important Hotline, it's Rich Hardesty. Rich, how's it going today?
0: Hey, It's going great. Hello, Chicagoland. My oh, God, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> hey, hey,
1: Brian, Hi, tell, tell the people what who, who Rich is. Rich is.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I will. I was going to get into that, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Rich Hardesty. Rich, uh, Rich is a musician that Dave and I actually discovered, like back in nineteen. 19- like 99, 2000, right, Dave?
1: It was something like that. Yeah. It was around our freshman, sophomore year of uh, college.
3: Absolutely. Uh, very, very folksy, very well-humored music, uh, rich, uh, probably like a lot of people, we were refer- our first exposure to you was, uh, I never want to fucking see you again.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. I hate that a lot actually.
3: Yeah. You know, it- you know what the funny thing about that is? Is to this day I still have no idea how I came across it, though. But I think that was during the time when there was like a Napster and Limewire thing going on. I think it just kind of popped into my computer.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, well, where, where, where so where? Where did you guys go to school at? Illinois State University. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I remember when Napster came out because I, I had my computer online and, and if you didn't have the right buttons on, you shared your entire library. Yeah. At first, at first, I really didn't realize what I was doing. So I was sharing a lot of stuff and you could see who was downloading it and how many people were downloading it. And it, that was pretty interesting back then. I still have a, a Napster file. I probably shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> yeah. I we, we won't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> well, anyway, there's nothing in it anymore, of course, you know, but... Right, I used to have
3: that file. So we're. we were just, uh, and I, I remember back then because I really love that song. Uh, Dave knows, and I've talked about it a million times on our podcast and through other projects that we have. Is is like I am not personally a fan of. Like I always call it, I'm, I hate my daddy music. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that kind of music at all. Like the, like the, like the sad wine baby music. And then you know, there we somehow I come across your song. Never fucking want to see you again, which I still listen to to this day. Uh, it's a great song. And I was thinking about it. Uh, once upon a time, Dave and I had a band, and uh, using that philosophy, I actually think in a weird way, you kind of influenced us a little bit, just with like kind of the like the the good humored, like light hearted uh, folksy, uh, type music.
0: That, that would make sense because you know, that one came like on a napkin really fast. I was living in the dorms and I hate to disappoint everybody, but it's not even about anybody <laughs> <laughs> since then. You know, of course it fits, it's this, I've seen that, but at the time I had, I had a girlfriend back in co- in high school and I was in college and I wrote that song, and I did it to impress everybody on the floor. And it was influenced by a Bob Dylan song, actually, "Positively 4th Street." Mm-hmm. And it, it just came, you know. And that's it, uh, so it was folky, because I was listening to a lot of Dylan then, and Jim Croce, and Gordon Lightfoot, and Mac Davis, and stuff like that. So,
1: so, so will you, uh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I was going to say that's awesome. <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're. <laughs> I guess we're just excited to have you on because literally there was so many like parties and road trips and uh, just times of me and Dave playing, uh, hanging out and playing Nintendo 64 where that song would come on and we'd sing along. And and uh, just recently, you know, I was like, man, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And I see that you've had such a long career, which makes me me happy that that you're still at it doing your thing.
0: Thank you. You know, thoughts become things. We get what we think about most of the time. And so I always wanted to keep pumping out albums. And, I, and, I, and, I, and now I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, I feel I'm at the most authentic, organic place I could be, like from a songwriting point. You know, I'm on the piano all the time now, and I'm writing because I don't care. Like, I did it for a living to make money for 20 years, you know, sponsored by Jägermeister, you know, and planning what I thought the crowd was going to like to entertain them. And now I'm at a point where I don't care. I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm just living in the moment. And so I, you know, I, I was able to pump out a bunch of albums in the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm getting ready to put them all out. <laughs> so. Well, and you,
3: you have a new album coming out, the sunset, uh, sunset show that you're going to be releasing in Jamaica.
0: Yeah, I'll be re- re- releasing that at the Bob Marley birthday bash at the Bob Marley Museum.
3: That's amazing, huh? How, how did you set that all up, if you don't mind me asking? That, that just seems like an incredibly like great experience.
0: Well, again, you know, thoughts become things. As crazy as this is, it doesn't surprise me because, see, Jamaica's always been on my mind. The Marleys have always been on my mind. The biggest artist on the island have always been on my mind because I went there in the early 90s. And I found it as a place to go and write music, you know, on the Mm -hmm. cliffs at the sunset. But I fell in love with the people. You know, I felt the first time I landed in Jamaica, I felt like I was home. Like it it was something nostalgic and like, like, man, I feel like a kid here. And you know, so a year ago I was there for the, I don't even know how many times, you know, maybe, maybe 45 times. I was there for new years and this guy pulled me over. I had a Jeep and my guitars were hanging outside and the amps were hanging out. And he's like, "Hey, man." He goes, "I see you before, man." He goes, I, "You know, I know Capleton, I know the Marleys, I know Sly Dunbar." And he, I'm like, "Oh, okay." He just, want, I thought he wanted my phone number to call me, and, and he did. But he, it was true. And so he called me. He's like, "Hey, I give, you know, I give your music to some people in Kingston. You know, one of them he let Capleton listen to." And honestly, I'm on the phone with Capleton, and Capleton's like, "You know, if the Almighty John wants you to come here and record, then you'll be here." And I dropped everything and I I went to Kingston and that was just to record a single. And now, you know, honestly, it's an album now with 15 songs on it. And, you know, the Marley plays, Julian Marley plays on it. and Some of the best reggae artists on the Island and like, it's gotten crazy. And so it's just a blessing, you know,
3: that that is such a great rock and roll story. (laughs) That's, that's pretty damn impressive. So you'll be, you'll be playing at the Bob Marley museum. Uh, so, do you have like a built-in crowd down there, or you're like in the like in the middle of establishing a following, or it's just like a home base to play?
0: Well, I used to play there all the time for spring breaks. But, you mm-hmm. know, that was a completely different animal, but, but we had a, a nice following down there. You know, they call me the Jamaican when I show up. You know, I know all the <laughs> I know all the people in the grill. And but now, you know, I'm getting some airplay with back to Jamaica. One of the songs on this on these trips to Kingston. And, you know, they're interviewing me on the radio. They're putting me in the press. Um, I just now listened to, to an interview by Capleton and his manager. And they mentioned me just now live on Irie FM saying, you know, he's coming over from, from the States and he loves Jamaica. And so it's not just the Bob Marley thing I'm doing. After the Bob Marley concert, I will do a, a concert with Capleton and Coco T and Luciano on another part of town. And so I'm just riding the wave, you know. I just, I really enjoy it. It's fun. Almost like a dream and
1: modern day Jimmy Buffett that I don't hate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you. I (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, you know. uh, The island, you know it gave me the inspiration to write. Most people like you guys just said, you knew me for that song, but mm-hmm. you know, if you really dig deep, there's, there's a whole bunch of songs. And most of them I wrote in Jamaica over the last 20 years. Cause the Island was my muse. And you know, I go through a breakup, I'd hop a plane, I'd go to the grill, you know, I get in an argument with my mom and dad, I'd hop a plane, go to the grill. <laughs> and I'd write music there. And so, it's like a full circle thing. It's like, you know, after all the money I spent on the Island, you know, I used to do benefit concerts. I love the people. I love the kids. But after, you know, everyone's not nuts. Like he's nuts. He goes to Jamaica. He's a Jamaican. But the truth is like, after all those trips, it's like now, you know, I'm hanging out. You know, I just got off a cruise ship with the Marleys in Capleton, and we're out in the Caribbean floating around and, you know, I'm sitting on a ship with a bunch of reggae people that I, you know, again, I believe you end up with the things that you think about. You attract that if you put that frequency out there. So, you know, I, I chased the Marlies down one time in Indiana, and I ended up hanging out with them in a hotel all night long, and that was like 20 <laughs> years ago, down at ISU. I didn't know at the time, you know, that all this was going to happen, but it doesn't surprise me, but it is kind of crazy. You know, it's just I, I have to pinch myself, but then I'm also thinking, you know what, I, this is how I live. You know, thoughts become things. That's awesome. That's man.
3: awesome. What, what do you think it is about Jamaica specifically that, that has such a pull on you?
0: Well, I remember the first time I stepped off the plane, I remember just taking in the island air, you know, I love, I love mm-hmm. the salty air, but it was the island of the spices, but, but those, so all the, the things that grow on that island. But I mean, honestly the people took me in, you know, I, I stayed up in their villages and their homes and I hung out with them and I talked and we had long conversations and, some of my best friends have died there. You know, there's I'm thinking of three people from Good Hope who are no longer with us, but they we were like brothers and family, and you know, some of them have come here, and I've shown them America. So I just I, I feel like it's I'm drawn to it in a mystical way. And, and and some of the songs Bob Marley sings about it's just you know, I just don't I can't really explain it, but it feels right, and I know it's it's real and it's supposed to happen. Well,
3: just like you said, it's home, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, so when the songs, that's another thing. I, I try to go to places that give me inspiration. If I if I want to write music and, I, and something pulls me, then I spend more time around that. You know, my dogs do that. There, there's places in the States that do that, definitely. I lived out in California for a while. You know, Florida does that. Indiana does that. So I gravitate to the places that keep me in the present moment and you know there's fear and there's love and you know i try to stay away from the fear and so i go to the places where i feel the love <laughs>
3: that's a, that's a great way to put it the uh you're are you curr- you're currently working on a documentary about your career correct
0: yes yes that's been going on i I've, I've been videotaping stuff ever since you know the first gig so i've got the vhs tapes the dad tapes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and recently I have, you know, the good stuff, the good cameras with the good high definition stuff, but someday it'll all glue together and there's a lot of stories to be told. You know, it's just, it's just fun. I, I was always adamant about keeping the, the videos going.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. We never, Thanks. in all of our projects, like documenting things has always been never really come to mind. We always just kind of do it. And then we have terrible <laughs> memories. So the stories change over the years. I mean, we remind each other and tell the same jokes 30 times and we forget we already told the jokes.
3: <laughs> right on and then we make a crappy podcast and it's about as close as we get to documenting anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> right well hey i mean most people don't laugh laugh is a good vibration it keeps you positive and so the fact you guys laugh and make the world better you know what is what are people doing complaining i just i try to steer away from that you know i try not to to complain, but when you guys are laughing, then you're actually doing something good in the world, you're putting the good vibes
1: out there, right? Yeah, that's well, you and know, that's we have we call the show Nothing Important because we don't want to talk about important or serious things usually, it's just we want to have a good time and keep it light. And uh, you know, right, I'm big on energies yeah. too, and you know, positive energy is a it's way more beneficial than bitching and moaning and hating on people, although we do hate on people sometimes, but we try to be funny <laughs> about
0: it, right. <laughs> Right. People need to realize that, that they're going to get more of what they put in their mind. So it's like a boomerang. So, you know, I tell my friends, Hey, Hey, there's life is a choice. Your thoughts are choices too. What you think about is a choice. So if you're going to think about bad things, you might stub your toe and you might, you know, get hit from behind in the car. So, but if you're thinking about the positive things, you're just going to attract more of that. It's not something, it's not like I'm not trying, it's not like a, uh, A Okay, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A quack. Like, I'm not trying to be a quack, like a new age quack. Mm -hmm. They measure frequencies now in our brains, and they can take pictures of the waves and the frequencies and the vibrations. So it's it's people that say, oh, it's not true. That's a bunch. Well, guess what, then? You're going to stub your toe. (laughs) 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 Well...
3: Rich, I got to tell you, it's, it's been an absolute honor for me to have you on the show. And as I've kind of reacquainted myself with you and your music over the past couple of weeks, and then kind of made the jump a few days ago to get you on the podcast, I'm, I'm so happy to see that you're still doing the lighthearted, uh, you know, the, not too much bitching like, like the lighthearted, happy, you know, folksy type good time music. Yeah. Phil good to re music. I, I totally appreciate that. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely honored that you came on our show today.
0: Well, I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me after all this time, much respects to you guys. And, you know, that's all I want to do is put out positivity and help the world. And if I can keep doing it with my music, you know, that's what I want to do. Seeing, uh, making a difference. Like I just got back in California and my niece took me to a high school and I got to play for kids and sophomores in high school. And, you know, the bars were fun and nightclubs were fun. That was a 20-year career. But there's a lot of things right now that give me goosebumps. And they're, they're not the things I thought that yeah. I'd be doing in the music career. That's, the Marley thing is, is fun, you know, going over there and hanging out with those guys. But I got to be honest, when you see kids with a hunger in their eyes in a high school with a burning desire and they want to they know, how do you do this? You know, and thought I can throw a positive nugget at them yeah. and make a difference right now, I can see myself doing more of that stuff, helping the youth of the world, the young, you know, the young the youths someone's gonna I have, have to take, them up.
1: Someone's gonna have to pick it up when uh, when you move on. Exactly. Did I say
3: that right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> did, did you just did you just wish death on Rich Hardesty? Was that a that sounded like a threat almost? No, I was just
1: speaking <laughs> of the inevitabilities <laughs> of life. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, Rich, once again, I hope everybody checks checks out your website, richhardesty.com. Make sure to buy the music, buy the albums, uh, support Rich. He's an awesome guy. He came on our show, and literally, we've been listening to him for shit since 1998. Thank you so much for coming on, Rich.
0: We appreciate you guys. All right, thank you. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes on Twitter at NotImportantPC and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.